guys, today I'm going to read chapter 34 of the Shakespeare Spy, so here I go. Though Julia could never have bought herself to ask for charity of any sort, when Mr. Pope incited that she stay with us for the time being, she was clearly relieved. For the next several nights, she and I sat up long past time when the rest of the household had retired. Mostly we talked. It had been an eventful year for both of us, and there was much to tell. But sometimes we sat silent for long stretches, lost in our thoughts, yet always aware of each other, not separated by the silence so much as sharing it, and the way folk may share a warm, satisfying meal. During one of these times, I caught Julia gazing at me in a peculiar fashion, as though I had done something amusing or unexpected. Let go of bleach, perhaps, or turn a hole in my nose. What? I said. You've changed it. You've changed. I ran a hand self-consciously over my close-cropped head. It's the hair, no doubt, or lack of it. No more pudding, Basin. I noticed, but that's not it. I'm an inch or two taller than you saw me last. I noticed that as well. But it's not that either. I think it's your manner. Mean manners? I thought perhaps I had bleached after all or passed wind, but that no one knew. She laughed. Your manner. The way you speak and act. Well, the acting got a bit better, but in speech has stayed the same. Folks still make fun of it. You soft. That's not what I meant, and you know it. I, I admitted. I suppose I've ch- I have changed. I could hardly help it, given all that's happened the past year, or even the past few weeks. I lost one father and gained another, wrote a play, did a bit of spying, and fight, and a bit of fighting fell in. I broke off. Like Tom Cogan concealing the brand upon his neck, I had no wish to reveal how badly I had grown. Yes? Julia prompted me. Fell in what? A well? A space beneath the sage? No, I said suddenly. In love? She suggested, in the same bantering tone. Though I make no reply, I was certain my face answered for me. Oh, I'm sorry, Witch. I didn't mean to light for it. I shrugged. It doesn't matter. I'm over it now. Yes, I can see that. There was another silence, more awkward this time. And then she said softly, You're fortunate, you know. Fortunate? Like those whites who survive the pox or the plague, you mean, and carry scars all their lives? Yes. You're the only love I've ever felt is for the theater, and it was not returned. Nor was mine. The She smiled and laid a hand on my arm. Perhaps not. But there will be others. In the second week of April, the Privy Council announced that the king had begun his progress south from Scotland at last. There seemed to be some doubt over whether or his majesty would actually come to London for the return of the warm weather 
the plague had begun to make its presence felt again in the city. In the past, when the death toll from contagion rose, the queen and her retinue had taken refuge at Hampton Court or Windsor, both of which lay up far up far up river, where the air was less corrupted. James would undoubtedly do the same. We ordinarily whites did not have luxury of moving to healthier surroundings unless we wished to emulate those townsfolk who followed in the queen's wake, bearing bundles of straw with which they constructed makeshift shelters on the riverbank. The only measure we could take aside from for wearing pomanders filled with marjoram rosemary to keep the household as free as possible of vermin, lice, fleas, bedbugs, rats, and like. Julia had always been a willing worker and she lent her efforts to the cause. She also cooked meals and cared for younger orphans who found her nearly as entertaining as had Sam. Though I urged her most daily to pay a visit to the Globe, she refused. It would be, she said, like paying a visit to Judith. She she did not wish to, to be reminded of what she could not have. She showed little inclination to visit Tom Cogan, either. I don't need him, she said shortly. That one time when I did, he failed me. I I tried to raise the money, I said. Yes, the same way he does, dishonestly. I had told her how he was arrested in prison for stealing a bracelet. I had not, however, revealed the whole truth that he was not in fact guilty. I did not see how I could without also revealing a good deal more. Tom Cogan should be the one to do that. But how could it be if they never spoke? Julia, I never stole that bracelet. It was planted on him. Planted by whom? I can't tell you. Why not? I can't tell you that either. Just go and see him, will you? After several days of delaying, she set off at last to see Cohen. When when dusk came and she had not returned, I began to regret that I had talked her into going. El Stadia was a dangerous place, and even though Julia had grown up there, she might not be immune for its dangers. I resolved finally that if she did not return up by Cole, cop line, I would fetch Mr. Armin and try to find her, even though it would mean breaking the curfew. Ordinarily, a white would do so with a relative impunity, but since the queen's death, the mayor has doubled or tripled the number of night watchmen in attempts to quell the riots, the riots, that had been flaring up in the forest of and the portent crustest of one thing or another. Many of the demonstrations were denouncing 
a new the new king, even though they had no notion what of what he looked like, let alone how he would rule the country. They claimed that this latest outbreak of the plague was an omen, a clear sign from God that James was not meant to wear the crown. Who was meant to wear it was apparently not so clear. As I was putting Teddy to bed, she said, I've decided that you may marry Julia if you like. Oh, you said that before that I was to wait for you. I know, but perhaps you won't wait. To, you wait, won't want to wait that long, and I wouldn't really mind very much uh, your choosing someone else if it were Julia. A few weeks earlier, such a notion would had have seemed to me quite odd, even luxurious. I had always thought of Julia as a close friend, like Sander or Sam, nothing more. In truth, I believe it still had not quite gotten over thinking of her as a boy. But in the weeks since she had joined our household, I had begun to see her with new eyes, the eyes of James Pope, I suppose, not Widge, and to feel toward her something more than mere friendship. I could not have given the name to it. I did not seem to be experiencing any of startling symptoms that Judith Shakespeare had inspired in me. When Julia and I were together, I was comfortable and contented, not dumb and desperate. When we were apart, my thoughts of her were pleasant, not painful, except for now, when I was anxiously wondering what had become of her. I was just about to ask Mr. Pope's permission to go after when the front door opened and Julia hurried in, wide-eyed and breathless. I was so overcome with relief that I came very near to throwing my arms about her. I'm sorry, James, she said, for she had finally broken the habit of calling me witch. I know you must have been worried. Oh, I wasn't worried, I said. You weren't? Nay, Frantic would be a better word, I was. She stared at me. Truly? Of course. I was afraid you've, you'd been... Well, I don't... What? I don't can what, actually, but something dreadful. She took hold of my hand. I'm glad. Glad? That I was half out of me wits? Wits? No. That you should care so much what happens to me. Did you doubt it? She smiled. I suppose not. Come, let's sit. I'm exhausted from outrunning the night watchman. I led her to the library, where Mr. Pope, in his delight at seeing her safe and sound, actually did embrace her. I gave a good reason for being so late, I assure you, Julia said. She paused and lowered her eyes. Well, I should not say a good reason. In fact, it was rather a tragic reason. I was attending my father's funeral, such as it was. His body, and perhaps a dozen others, were all dumped into a single grave. Oh dear, said Mr. Pope. The contagions climbed him. She nodded. It's even worse than Alastadia in the rest of the city. With a weary sigh, she sank into a chair. It's too odd. The thing that distresses me most about his death, I think, is 
how little sorrow I seem to feel. It's natural, my dear. It hasn't quite struck you yet, that's all. I don't know. It's heartless as it may sound, but I'm certain that I'll ever mourn him very much. The truth is, I never felt as though she trailed off. As though I was truly your father? I said. Julia turned her gaze upon her sad gaze upon me. Is that how you felt when Jamie Redsaw died? I, more or less. But you have more reason than I do to feel that way. What do you mean? What I mean is... I paused, drew a deep breath, and began again. What I mean is that Tom Coven is not your father. Was not your father. So that was chapter 34. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see you. See you later, bye guys.